Welcome to the Billboard Podcast, a safe space where personal growth meets self-love and spirituality. In here, we hold conscious and sometimes controversial conversations between open-minded souls as we believe in the power of sharing wisdom while remaining a curious student of life. I'm your host, Antoine Billboard, conscious content creator, spiritual influencer, and trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. In these episodes, I will open up about my own healing journey and how we can all contribute to the creation of a better world by raising human consciousness. Let's awaken the matrix within the matrix. What's going on, gorgeous soul? Welcome or welcome back to The Billboard Podcast. Yes, this is still The Billboard Podcast. This is season one. We're wrapping things up, even though maybe on your podcast directory, you're seeing your CEO self podcast. This is going to be season two. This is the name. We are rebranding our second season. But this episode that we have today is a recap of season one on the theme of spirituality. And I have selected three specific episodes from which I have selected specific extracts, <laughs> specific parts that I thought stood out. And I was able to create some sort of a storyline in between the three, so I'm pretty happy with the parts I have selected. So if you are listening to this, wherever you're listening to this in the world, whether it's morning, evening, somewhere in between, I'm grateful that you're doing so. Thank you so much for tuning into the Billboard podcast for this season one spirituality recap. So if you want to pour yourself a glass of wine, a coffee, a matcha, or just a glass of water, your beverage of choice, I would invite you to do so and um, get comfortable because we have pretty interesting topics. The episodes I have selected are from three guests I have invited over for season one. These guests are Victor Burkhart, Zach Beach, and Mallory Shannon. The first one, Victor, he owns the page and the website Pursuit of Spirit which I have discovered on both Instagram and TikTok. Victor produces amazing content. He's super connected with nature, with the actual reality, and um, he can have a conversation about love and how everything boils down to love and how the universe just perfectly experiences itself in a way that's beneficial for each and every single individual experiencing reality and the universe itself. The segment I have selected from Zach's episode is how to be with everything life has to experience, which ties super well and beautifully with Victor's segment. As we, in both of them, we discuss the fact that the dark cannot exist without the light and vice versa. And by experiencing lower vibrational emotions and by being present with the sadness with somebody that's maybe ill, we can then better appreciate when someone's healthy and kind of appreciate both sides of the spectrums. And Zach has several mantras and poems on that topic. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper on that manner. And to kind of close things all together, I have chosen Mallory Shannon. She's a hypnotherapist I found out on TikTok as well. TikTok is such an amazing platform, for real. The potential for growth is amazing. The community you can build, the people you meet, 
the views you can express it's just it's beyond it's something else it's super super meta i love tiktok and um yeah i brought mallory over for a talk we talked about hypnotherapy and how it allows you to revisit past trauma pre-birth and even from previous lives previous incarnations in on this planet other planets the possibilities are endless as we are infinite beings of light and love having physical three-dimensional experiences all over the universe i like that i finished with hers because there's kind of a message of hope about where we're headed we don't get too political but facing the climate we're at currently there is a clash of ideology between what we can call like woke liberalism and then the conservatives and Mallory pointed out that all of that is due to the fact that as a collective consciousness we are still very much ego-based and it's not to point fingers at any person institution or to blame something it's just to realize that this is where we're at and there is progress to be made and there are discussions to have and um truth to be exposed to the light so these are all these three episodes really resonate with where i'm at as an individual in my own progress my own self-discovery and um ceo self manifesting journey and i piece them all together for you guys to enjoy so hopefully you appreciate this little mashup of point of views perspective conversations i had this past year 2022 for the billboard podcast we're going to talk about manifestation duality non-duality non-attachment being with all kind of experiences and also how not to bypass our current experience and discredit the human experience because it's it has its teachings good or bad happy or sad healthy or ill all ranges of experience says are valid serve a purpose have a lesson to bring so without further ado now my loves let's dive right into today's episode with Victor Zach and Mallory and the thing about manifestation is that at least in my experience is that once you're actually at a state of consciousness that is very capable and and very hypercharged at manifesting let's say you're in a super high consciousness state and like stuff's manifesting super fast at that state if you're truly like embodying that state you don't want anything So it's like as soon as you're in the position to manifest, you don't really care to manifest because the the consciousness itself is sufficient. You're already fulfilled, you're already in love with the universe, you're already happy, and so you don't crave something in that way that you do when you're just in a normal egoic consciousness space trying to manifest. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of funny how that works where yes, manifestation is very possible, but once you get to a state that's highly conducive to manifesting, you kind of you don't care. You're like, "Oh my gosh, reality is amazing. My life's perfect as it is. I don't I don't need a car. I love the car I have." Like mm-hmm. it's funny how it works like that. Yeah, it's like when you want to manifest so bad, you want all these things 
And then the more you get close, as you said, the more the closer you get to that state that where you can manifest, the less you want and the happier you are with what you have. Right. Yeah. And then more comes to you because you're blo- you're not blocking it anymore. Because focusing yeah. on the lack is really what ruins it all. Yeah. Focusing on the abundance. And there is so much abundance in the present moment, right? Yeah. That, that that's what everything's there. Yeah, that's really what your your experience of life is, is the universe demonstrating and expressing its love and abundance for itself. Even if you're in an extremely impoverished situation. I want everyone to understand that that's still the universe expressing its love for itself. It's just expressing it in a way that appears as poverty. Mm. That expression from a universal point of view is just as full of love as you having everything you could have ever possibly wanted. It's still the universe experiencing itself in a unique way. And that's like, kind of at the at the heart of it really is just this movement of the universal to experience itself in whatever way that is you know mm. in 1942 it was a german soldier you know dropping bombs in britain now it's experiencing itself as victor talking to antoine on a podcast and everything in between is all valid and is and is all for the higher purpose and what i what i understand the higher purpose of love yeah and the only way that love can truly be expressed is if it's expressed unconditionally in every single way possible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's how that's how radical it gets and i think that it's okay to state the surface level of spirituality but if you really want to like understand and you really want to like get to the bottom of it you kind of have to jump this bridge of your mind not wanting to accept the darkness of like a war in ukraine like that is also the universe yeah expressing itself something as radical as that is the universe yeah playing in a sense with itself now on a human level should we just be okay with war absolutely not that's not what i'm saying but there is this very deep truth that just because our individual egoic human mind doesn't like it does not mean it's not for love. And how can we truly enjoy peace and love if we never know or and never experience war, right? Right. There's this like... Right. The entire spectrum, the entire duality is contained within something. And um, when we see that, that's what frees us because... Like what we really want is like the, we want the freedom. We want to be free. We don't want to be limited as an individual. And yeah, that, that's, that's something that that's, I hesitate to talk about, but it's so true. And it's so important because I know that we shy away in spiritual spaces from the darkness. And we're like, kind of, you know, like sort of like good vibes only bypassing. Yeah. The bypassing, but it's like, Hey, when, when you're saying that, you know, that there's a, there's a lion in Africa ripping a baby gazelle's throat to feed to its young, right? And that's love because the lion loves its yeah. cubs. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's reality. That's how brutal and, and sharp reality actually is. And it's sort of like, it's scary. But when you embrace that and you're like, oh my gosh, this thing is magnificent. It's so much bigger than me and my survival agenda. It includes a lion, you know, ripping a gazelles throw it out it includes ward includes all these bad things and the amazing things too it just blows your mind with how magnificent and and bigger it is than you it's crazy it's crazy 
who are we to say that this gazelle didn't chose to incarnate as a gazelle and experience what it was like to die in such a way, you know, having their life cut off. Like there's just so many experiences possible right. to this the, universe. The gazelle is the, the universe too. The gazelle's the lion or, or the, the universe is the gazelle and the universe is the lion and the universe is the cub. <laughs> and the universe is the... It's crazy. It's literally all possible ways in this infinite, infinite sort of dynamic swirl. And the only reason we think something is bad is because we are living in on an agenda to survive. Something is bad relative to our survival agenda as an individual ego. Mm-hmm. But if we can step out of that and see what's really going on. It's absolutely mind blowing. It, it's, it's insane. It really is insane. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's shocking and it can be scary even for someone who's into spirituality, but is hesitant to sort of go that extra step into that dark territory. That's like, I don't know what's going to happen if I really expose this truth, you know, I'm scared. I kind of like my, like, little meditation practice I have, but then it can get really deep, really fast. And so it's crazy how deep it goes. Yeah, it goes so deep and so beyond. And then you open your eyes and you're here and nothing has changed. Right. Or seemingly, right. It's like so complex yet so simple and yet almost unperceivable. Right. And you're right. That's a beautiful point. Cause I just took us on this, this mental imaginative experience of how radical the universe is but like you said we're still here and you come back here and it's there's this there's always this underlying steady solid just presence even in a lion ripping out a gazelle's throat that solid steady peaceful awareness is just there in both the gazelle and the lion and it doesn't change and and that's the beautiful part of it is that it's always it's eternal no matter what. Sometimes it's like, why bother? Because I can come back after, <laughs> after this yeah, life, yeah, right. but yeah. I'm never going to get to experience it under the lens of Antoine ever again. So that's what's beautiful about each unique perspective is, is it's never been experienced in the way it's experiencing itself through you. And in that way, it's completely unique, completely special and completely amazing and extraordinary in its own right. All right, gorgeous soul. So that was it for Victor's parts. And now for the second segment, we're gonna dive in. We're gonna dive back into an episode with Zach Beach. And there is something really specific about this episode that I started implementing in my own life, and it is the mantra: "Be with." And it's about being present with any experience. Sometimes. Some people can only appreciate a friend, a family member, or a colleague when they're in a specific state of mind, in specific emotions, when everything's seemingly doing well, which leads to a lot of masking and um, pretending that we're okay when in fact we're not. And the mantra, be with, really tells a story to be with anyone, however they are. So if some a family member, a friend, a colleague is having a good day, I'm going to be with that person during their good day. But if the same person is out having a bad day, 
I'm also going to be with them and carry them through this bad day. Not necessarily trying to fix anything, but just being like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to be with you through that experience. Let me just join your universe for a while and let's just not change anything. Let's just welcome whatever emotion you're in and be with that together. And I think that's really, really beautiful, especially in today's society where it's mostly about fixing and staying true to our facade, our masks, and this image we often share on social media that everything's doing well. Like anything we share on social media, at least in my experience, is our good moments. And that's something I started doing myself and committing to, like sharing my bad my bad days, sharing also when it's not going as I wish it would go. And so Zach really describes it beautifully with love and how everything is love. Even when there is less love, it's still love. It's just a different gradient or a different color of love. Sadness can be loving too. There's something to learn with sadness. So without further ado, let's explore this segment with Zach Beach. Poetry is something that's always resonated with me because to me, it's a language of the heart, right? Some say the spiritual journey is 18 inches from the head to the heart. (laughs) And it's so easy to get caught up in mental ideas and mental concepts. And sometimes I'll chant or introduce mantras in my classes and students are always like, what does this mean? Like, tell us the definition of this vibration. Mm. Because you always, you know, you always, it always goes back to the mind. You want to understand it with the mind. Yeah, I was the same with uh, trauma. I wanted to understand where everything came from and Mm. why it happened and why did I act a certain way as an adult. But then I discovered I just had to feel it, to to heal it and let it go and integrate it. Nice. That's wonderful. That was another theme of one of the poems is, yes, what we can feel, we can heal. Mm. So once we drop out of the mind, we get into the body, we get it in tune with our sense of aliveness. We also get in tune with our heart, our intuition, and just a different way of living and being in the world. So it's wonderful that you have discovered that too. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It truly is a beautiful path. It's not always pink and butterflies, but it gets to be Hmm. all the things since life is about experiencing it to the fullest. I'm not going to experience bliss and joy to its full extent if I'm not willing to go through the grief and the pain and the sadness. Yeah, it's about opening and widening this window of tolerance of mm. how how deep can I go in the negative emotions to then unlock mm-hmm. the equivalent. Yes. Not the equivalent, but like the pendulum swing and this momentum of oh, life can be so good too. Yes. If we want to open up to this moment, we have to cultivate capacity to open up to all moments. Yes. And maybe you found this too, that the better you are able to be with and hold your own suffering, the better you're able to be with and hold other people's suffering. Mm-hmm. Because the opposite of that is hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. But as you said, like you can only know other people to the depth of which you know yourself and the same applies with love to a certain extent. So... I really, really love that. And I really do agree. Is there a theme from your poetry repertoire that you would like to expand upon? Mm. Or all of them? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll just bounce off a few of the things that you said. 
and connect it to what we've already talked about because you did mention hurt people hurt people and that is something that comes up a lot in restorative justice circles which i love to be a part of because when we talk about the illusion of separation we live in what is sometimes described as the cult of the individual or an individualism Mm. where we so easily blame an individual for larger societal failures right and somebody that does something violent something bad something hurtful often has hurt in their past often is the product of a system and this taps into what we've been talking about everything is connected Mm -hmm. right people aren't on their own doing things they were brought up in a perhaps a system or a culture of violence and they haven't learned to get in touch with the heart and the loving nature that they have inside of them so that is key about seeing that web of relationships seeing that interconnection seeing that independent co-arising because when you mentioned like oh the more i get in touch with my sadness the more i'm able to get in touch with greater levels of happiness and that's also what we say we have we say that happiness and sadness are interdependent we can't just take one out we can mm. you know just totally avoid one in order to get to the other we have to open our heart to all of it to what we call the this world of 10,000 joys and 10,000 sorrows. Mm. We have to increase our capacity to be with what is. There's a recurring theme in pebbles, and you might have heard what is sometimes referred to as the mantra of intimacy. I haven't heard of it. It's just two words, and it says this too, this too. Right. And it's accepting exactly what is as it arises. So you might be sitting in meditation and be like, oh, wow, like I'm experiencing some pain or discomfort in my low back. And you just go, this too, this too, this too is part of life. Yes, this is what it means to be present in this moment. So I kind of flip that around and I use this mantra called be with, Mm. right? So if you're sitting in meditation, be with whatever challenging emotions that you are coming up with. If you are with another person, be with them. Right. So at the beginning of the book, I introduced be with as this mantra. Right. And I kind of revisit it throughout the book because we're continuing to be with this present moment and whatever arises. So this poem, for example, just says be with the inhale, exhale and space between be with this step and this step and this step be with Mm. the soul linked to the hand in your hand be with and that talks about this level of presence that we try to cultivate on our meditation cushion on our yoga mat so that we can then bring that same level of open-hearted present moment attention to the rest of our lives right so we watch our breath we be with the breath we do a walking meditation we are with each step so that way when our friend is in the hospital and they're suffering we can be with them we can hold their hand Mm. they're suffering hear their anguish and their pain without any desire to change it sort of fix it and empathize and be compassionate i really love what you just said here because we are in a society that wants to fix problems absolutely rather than face things and we even see that in men to woman relationships or same sex relationships there's one of the two 
that desires to share their feelings, how they are feeling in the moment, how a certain situation made them feel, and they just want to express that feeling, while the other person sees that as a problem to fix. So they're all they're replying with is solutions over solutions when the other person is looking for comforts. Of course, I was going somewhere with that and <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Could you please remind me what you just said? <laughs> I'll, I'll bounce off what you just said because I love it because... Thank you. You know, sometimes I think about what it means to shift from a human doing to a human being. And absolutely, being in general is better than changing or fixing or trying to right. like improve something about somebody else because it implies something's wrong every know? one of us wants to be accepted for just as we are right no one wants to be changed mm -hmm. especially by someone who says that they love them and when, indeed we absolutely live in an immediate satisfaction society people you know we have our entire society revolves around uh, material comfort. And as a result, we are extremely phobic to any kind of discomfort, right? Just asking somebody to sit with discomfort. They're like, what are you talking about? You know, you, mm -hmm. you start to have a headache. So then you take a pill. You even have a little, little hint of boredom, just the slightest hint of boredom. What do you do? Pull out your phone. Yeah, grab the phone. <laughs> yeah. Or your bank account is approaching to zero. Now you're starting to look for a job. <laughs> you know, we invest in pain relief rather than investing in success and long-term sustainable success. Yeah, absolutely. You were talking about being present with a person mm -hmm. in at the hospital, being present with the pain and whatever is in the moment. Where my mind went is when we're at work, we're dreaming about vacation. But when we're on vacation, <laughs> all we think about is work because <laughs> we cannot think about what's going on in the present moment. We're always distracted. Our mind is going somewhere, thinking about everything besides the present moment. And I believe this is a product of mm -hmm. the society we live in, always creating distractions, always creating ways for the population to feel unworthy, always presenting us with solutions to problems we don't even have. Mm -hmm. No, it's absolutely true. You know, our society thrives on dissatisfaction, right? You're not going to see a, a billboard that says you have everything you need already inside of you, right? It's going to have a new phone or, or a house or something that's saying, if you buy this thing, then you will truly find happiness, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that city though, with those billboards with like uplifting and Tony Robbins everywhere. That would be great. You've got everything already. That's what we need. I mean, that's, that is what we need to see, but it's not good for business for people to realize that everything they need is within themselves. No, but I did see on a beach in Mexico in Mizunte, there was a big uh, sign on the rock structure next to the beach. It says, who am I? <laughs> Question mark. It was right next to a retreat, like a spiritual center, mm. but yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> but yeah, society thrives on dissatisfaction, yeah. discomfort, dissatisfaction. And absolutely, you're absolutely right that we are rarely exactly where we are. Like human beings have a penchant for making themselves unhappy. Mm. And most of the time there is some resistance to the way things are, wanting things to be different and a perpetuation of dissatisfaction. That really resonated with me. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that, because that to me, that's basically the essential definition of suffering, right? The first noble truth is that there is suffering in the world, which most people hear suffering and they think intense pain and, and challenges. But to a to a, a Buddhist, suffering is just anytime things are not what we wish them to be. Mm-hmm. Anytime, we, anytime we want things to be different. And when you look at you know, even in this modern world where we have so much material wealth, so much comfort, we live better than kings did 500 years ago. <laughs> That's the thing. And we're still here ungrateful and wanting more. So <laughs> the answer is not outside of us. It's inside. Exactly. Yeah. I say that pain is necessary, but suffering isn't. Yeah. As Buddha said, the suffering is the result of resisting the pain or whatever situation you are resisting. Right. Yeah. 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 I I, some, I love that phrase. Lately, I've been coming back to one I heard from Sadhguru, the, the great yogi, and he was saying how pain is physiological. Like, you know, you get, you get a bruise or something, um, but suffering is psychological. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that because it references that, oh, if it's all in the mind, then there is a potential for a change of perspective where I can then alleviate my suffering. It's a matter of choice. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> or <laughs> I, I agree with you, but it's a very, it's a hard, consistent practice. Like I can't just choose not to do it. Right. But that's where that's where the other three noble truths come from, mm-hmm. right? So that's where the second one says there's a cause to the suffering. The third one is that there is an end to the suffering. And then the fourth one is the path. So absolutely, there's a path that we can walk to alleviate our suffering, but it's not easy. <laughs> okay, now we're up to our very last, but not the least segment with Mallory Shannon, which is, as I said earlier, a hypnotherapist. And there, the segment I chose is one that brings hope for the future as a collective, as a society. Because we do mention some flaws and some room, some areas of growth, of improvement for society in the past two segments. But there is hope. People are waking up. People are realizing that the way things used to be were maybe not better, but more aligned with the way we function as human beings and where we're headed is going further away from our nature. So it really puts some stress and urgency in doing the individual work. Not only, it's not, we're not going to change the world by just watching the news or getting informed on what the dark agendas are by watching documentaries. Of course, it's, I think, gathering information makes you more informed and therefore gives you the ability to take better decisions based on the knowledge and the information that you have. But we also have to do the inner work to feel better, to think better, to express better. Because that's how we as a collective are going to evolve. You have a lot more power. We all have a lot more power than we think we have. And sometimes we try to fix other people around us. It's like we know what would be better for them to do or to think like or to eat or to buy. But then what do you do personally? 
Gandhi says, "Be the change you wish to be in the world," and it's very much that. Embody the example yourself first, and then be an example for people. You get to be first. You get to be a leader. You get to lead the way. That's what being a leader is. Being a leader is not telling people what to do. It's being the final result. It's it's showing through your actions how. Better your life becomes by applying those actions, not just by preaching them. Preaching's good, and once you walk the walk, you can't just talk the talk. And Mallory gives us a little bit of not a lesson, but she definitely shakes up some <sighs> some things inside of me. And、um, just re-listening to this segment earlier, I mean, you go like, "Wow, yeah, no, you're right. Yes, we do see the potential of this planet. Yes, we do see this 5D Earth potential. But then we have to come back to Earth." Right now, today, and face the reality and acknowledge the reality without bypassing it. You know, being with this too, this too, this reality we're experiencing right now as a collective serves a purpose. So, how can I show up as authentically, as lovingly, and as real and raw and joyfully as I can to bring people on this side of the room? Like, let's just show them how cool it is. <laughs> Now, let me just show you how cool Mallory is. But I have so much hope that we're in the right direction. People are healing their trauma. People are starting to embrace their feminine side, their masculine side, and we are waking up. We really are waking up. So hopefully, this is going to be common knowledge and thought in high school really soon. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. And I highly just... doubt it. Oh no! no oh no! In, Maybe、um, in a thousand years. Yeah. <laughs> It's you know based on you know progressions and future progressions and how you know the current vibration of the human collective is headed. It's just we've got so, such a long way to go, and there's pockets of of awakenings that people are kind of coming into in the central spirituality, but to have it become mainstream is very unrealistic. So just unfortunately, don't get your hopes up about that. Taught in high school, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna see the return of Atlantis in this lifetime.、Oh, Hell no! And people that are like, "Oh, we're going to ascend to this, you know, level of 5D consciousness, and it's going to be, you know, this like, you know, what Dolores Cannon kind of talks about this ascension. We can have some of that fifth dimensional frequency come down to this planet Earth, but in our lifetime, we are unlikely to see this mass ascension, this mass awakening, because it's we're just not there yet as a human collective. We are just not there yet. And so to speak about these conversations, to have these conversations, to be awakening and healing、um. is wonderful, but it just needs to happen on such a wider scale. There are so many people. Right now, that are in power on the planet, that are in the mid-level range of their karmic cycle, that are still power play, and ego is a ego-based ego-based consciousness is still heavily prevalent. They are these these institutions and you know the governments of the world were based, were made and created in ego-based consciousness. It's going to take a lot for us to kind of ascend and and kind of get past that. We will not see it in our lifetime. I'm I'm sure of it. And this is something you know I have to grieve, but I kind of cling to the idea that you know I'm a soul. I might not remember when it's gonna happen that I was once Antoine, but I will see it maybe in a future life. And there are so many movies where you see this transition. Like technology is still a huge part of things, but it's more, it's greener. And there's something that you said. Yes, the government is. 
ego-based. But to kind of circle things back to Earth and about healing trauma, we were talking about how somebody uses past life regression as a last resort. Would you like encourage people to start doing the work on their own? Because going straight to the past life regression would be kind of a, an easy bypass to get all of the answers? Or do you encourage that if somebody wants to get all the answers first? I always say that if someone is really drawn to something, it needs to be explored. And so if there is someone that's really interested in past life regression, I'm not going to say you need to wait and do X, Y, and Z first. If you're drawn to it, come and see what happens. I've had people that just found out about past life regression or didn't even know if they believed in it fully have sessions with me. And then by the end, they're like, oh, my goodness. So I believe, I truly believe everyone can benefit from having an experience like this, because not only in my sessions, are we doing past life regression? We're also doing a little bit of inner child work. We're also taking people to the spiritual plane in some respect. And so there's always something that can be gained a good feeling, a higher vibration that you can attain from a session. But there's also things that if you're not feeling really compelled to have a practitioner based session that you can do on your own to heal and to help yourself. So you could always, you know, um, do meditations. You can always start a self-exploration journey. And so I'm right now I'm coming out with a course that is about self-exploration. So I'm writing this course and I'm trying to like put in these steps that you can take in order for you to really get to know yourself better. Because listen, it's so wonderful. We're talking about spirituality and the soul and all this. That's great. But that's a part of our lives. We decided to have a human experience for a reason. So to bypass and to say that, you know, my human experience through my human lens is not valuable is a misstep. So we have to understand and also value and honor what our human bodies and our human brains, even our egos can bring to the table because we are here in the 3D having these experiences for a reason. They're a, a major test in growth and we're able to kind of use our experiences. Think about like human experience like a test. We're, we're seeing how we can apply our knowledge. We're seeing what else we can do with it. So it makes that learning stay with us in our non-physical bodies. So it's definitely not about all about nirvana and enlightenment and all this love and, and whatever. It's about also being human, being grounded on the planet and having these human experiences in our human emotional bodies. Absolutely, because pain and sufferings are conditions of this world, planet, dimension, and they get to have their purpose. How can you know love and peace if you never know yes. war and anger? So I love what you just said. I just want to expand on it really quickly. The like dichotomy between pain and love and how it's so important that like without the suffering, without the lowest points of life, we wouldn't appreciate the love and the joy. It's almost like you have to experience a little bit of the lack in order to fully appreciate and embrace what you have. And it's true for every single person. When you're, when you're in a space of lack and you're in a space of like, I, I, I just can't see my way out of this. I feel heavy and despair and sadness. When you get to experience love and bliss and connection, it means it's that much more val valuable. So if you look at life like that, it's like scales. And so you cannot have light without dark. And so it's about what can you do to kind of make your human experience as, as good as it can get, despite still being able to, despite still having to experience pain. You have to experience pain and suffering, but how can you kind of come out that the other side to then fully embrace the light of who you are? All right, gorgeous souls and soon to be gorgeous CEOs. This is it for the season one spirituality recap episode. I hope you enjoyed 
the segments I have selected. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. But overall, what I get from all of this is that we're all here. Maybe we chose to, maybe we don't remember we chose to, but we're all here right now together. We're all humans. We all have bad days, good days. We all have dreams, fears, aspirations, regrets. We all have those. And so can we unite together? Can we all be together to create something beautiful? Share our experiences, share the knowledge, share the wisdom, learn from one another. I think it's Zach who said it in this episode. There was this strive for individualism. And it's good to like focus on your morning routine, go to the gym, have your food, live alone, read books, and do a self-audit, dive into who you are, discover yourself. But there's also beauty in community. There is connection to have by spending time with people. And you can only learn so much by yourself. You can only learn so much by yourself. I've learned a lot just by going to a different province, just by finding this job in a different town in my province. And these were ordinary people having ordinary life. And I've learned so many good lessons and so many humbling stories of how every people, every person on this planet has a unique, intrinsic, personal, deep, complex story and just as a deep unique and complex identity so this is a lesson that i learned from season one not to be afraid of letting people in not assuming that people know less just because they're on a different path not being afraid of showing who i am because i think your actions speak louder than your words so if you just talk the talk and preach to people and tell them what to do, I don't think it's going to have as much impact as just doing the things you say work, doing the things you say will bring you that CEO self life. And I think personally, I have been my worst critic and sensed perceived judgment from so many people and so many interactions. But at the end of the day, I'm the one judging myself and I'm the one judging others. And there's a lesson to learn in there. Maybe there's some, and there's a lesson to learn in there. By judging myself, I do prevent other people from experiencing who I am fully. And by judging others, making assumptions based on their words or actions and putting them into boxes and judging them really, I'm depriving myself of experiencing them fully. So judgment and shame are things that I am releasing and letting go of. And that doesn't mean I don't feel those feelings anymore. I do feel them, but the difference is I notice them and I can decide if I want to feed into them or not. If I want to give them the same attention I used to give them before, and when that happens, it allows me to take a breath and it creates the space for me to reassess, like, am I actually being judged? Or do I actually want to judge that person? Or do I want to ask some questions and be curious about what they actually meant and maybe be surprised? 
and going into completely different territory because when you judge, it's based on what you know. It's based on your knowns. It's based on all, it's based off of all of your reference points, your past memories, and you project part of your baggage, part of how you define your reality onto that person's behavior. And that cancels out any other possibilities. And this is something I would blame people to do towards me. I felt misunderstood my whole life and still do to some degree. But that's because maybe I don't know myself fully or I'm ashamed of who I am and I don't have the confidence I project out into the world. And so instead I project this persona to keep me safe. And to use Mallory's words, the ego serves a purpose. So all of these defense mechanisms I have developed as a child to protect myself from judgment, the perfectionism, the people pleasing, becoming the person other people wanted me to be in order to be accepted. That part of my ego served a purpose. It protected me as a child when I didn't know better. These were my knowns. These were my reference points. The bullying, the feeling of being different, not fitting in. But now what I do today is I ask myself, how can I be with the feeling of judgment? How can I be with the feeling of shame? What does it have to teach me? Where is it coming from? Not bypassing to positivity, not numbing, not avoiding. And that really is the way you get to know yourself and you get to understand why you behave a certain way. And you get to decide, do I still want to act this way? Or is there a different way I'd like to feel every day? Do I want to feel the same contraction over and over when somebody looks at me in public? Or can I accept a different story? Can I accept the fact that people just look around and we cross eyes and it doesn't mean they're judging you? Can I accept the story or can I try to believe that there are people around me who are open-minded? Can I try on the belief that there are people around me who are going to receive me exactly for who I am? Can I try on the belief that some people are actually curious and interested in knowing who I am just as much as I am curious to discover all of the truths and secrets of this universe? And that there are people indeed that are just as in interested and invested as I am to discover the same things. Now to conclude this episode, I just want to say that I have a lot of hope for humanity as a whole and also for every little single humans out there. I believe that there is going to be a beautiful final picture, but also that everyone within that picture is going to feel whole and well and fulfilled. Not saying that there is never going to be a bad day, but that we can let go of the judgment, of the criticism, of the grudges, of the resentment. We can let go of relationships, especially if those don't serve us anymore. We can accept some past relationships to come back even. Maybe some, sometimes the universe works in magical ways. If you just allow things to unfold naturally, the universe doesn't take days off. It works behind the scenes. It works behind closed doors. I'm going to share a personal example. There was a friend that I love very dearly. And we had a fight in the past, which led to us cutting bridges, cutting cords completely for two years. And on the 1st of December, I sent her a message 
And I also included a link to one of our favorite December songs. It's Winter Things by Ariana Grande. We always would listen to this song during Christmas time. And I sent her that. And I said something like, hey, just thinking about you, something really short, just an invitation to reconnect. And I also said it was okay if she did not reply and was not interested. And she did reply. And she was very open. And she said, <laughs> she said, you know what? It's actually such a funny co coincidence that you sent me this song because I listened to it this morning. And that really warmed my heart. It really touched me deeply. Not only because it was such a synchronicity, I was like, yep, I, like, I felt it. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength. But also because like this song, it was our song. I made her discover this song. I showed it to her. And the fact that she still listens to it two years later, like there is some part of me that can help thinking and hoping that she also wants to reconnect. And I do believe that the universe might have planted the seed of us two reconnecting. And just another tangent before I let you guys go, still about this story. It was a preparation process, me texting her. Like I would have dreams. I would literally have dreams where we would meet in public, in a public space, and we'd look at each other like awkward, not sure if the other person wanted to talk or not. But in every dream, we ended up talking and spend um, spending a good time together, having some fun. Let me oh, let me just take a sip of wine. Until there was this very peculiar peculiar dream. It was the same concept. We met, we spent time, it was fun. But like at the end of the dream, or what seemed like the end of the dream, she says something like, hey, it's so sad that we're not going to remember any of it when we wake up in the morning. And I didn't, like, I remember it feeling weird in the dream, but I, I, I I can't say I was lucid dreaming or astral projecting. I wouldn't go as far as that. But it felt so real. And we decided in the dream to take selfies. <laughs> we were like, oh, let's just take photos. So in the morning, we're going to see them. So we're going to remember. So it was kind of silly for us to think in the dream, which is what, what makes me think, like what makes me know it was just a dream. But it's how odd is it that we spent time we were like hoping we would remember that time from the dream. A couple days later on my phone, I have this widget that shows random pictures from my gallery. And in the last couple weeks, I'm not even lying, it was always, at least several times the same week, a picture of her or a picture of me and her or pictures of like friends. And she was in there, I was in there. So I was like, okay, universe, I get the memo. And on December 1st, I decided to send her that message. So I don't know why I'm sharing you all of this. I'm sharing all of this with you guys. I want to get more personal with the podcast, which is something I want to commit to for season two. So here's a little bit of it right now. Here's a personal story. And I want to open the door for conversation. So if you've had some dreams that are eerily realistic or that feel like astral projection or that you could control or that suddenly manifested into reality, into real life, into waking day life. 
I'd love to know. So you can always send me a DM on Instagram at AntoineBillboard.co. You can send me an email at hey at AntoineBillboard.co and you can just message me on all of the platforms. I'm pretty responsive and I always love to hear from you guys. Also, if there was a part of this episode that resonated with you particularly, that's also something I really, really, really love to know about this episode or any other episode, your voice matters, your story matters. If there's something in your life that resembles something me or one of my guests said, please do share it with me. And also, if you'd like to be a guest on this show, my door is open. We have an application form. Send us a DM. We'll send it over to you, and um, we can have a chat on a topic of your choice. Now... And now on that note, I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode all the way through. This was my Spirituality Season 1 recap episode with Victor Burkhart, Zach Beach, Mallory Shannon. So if you want to catch the whole episodes, they're all available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the show's even on YouTube for the visual one. So if you want to watch the episodes, all of them are full length on YouTube for you to watch. And one last thing, if you appreciated this episode, please give us a five-star rating and review. It takes two minutes of your time and it helps the show meet more people, find more listeners, and I always love to hear some feedback on uh, how I can improve, but also what you loved. All of my platforms are going to be in the show notes below. This episode is podcast exclusive so there's not going to be a youtube video for this one so if you're listening from the podcast world thank you so much for doing so this is a special gift for you all of my links and the full episodes from zach victor and mallory are going to be in the show notes for you to easily find them and on that note thanks again for tuning into the billboard podcast Alright, gorgeous soul, thank you so, so much for listening to another episode of the Billboard Podcast. If you find value in this episode, please go ahead and leave the show a 5-star review. Not only does it allow me to keep doing my thing, but it also brings the show to more people. And if you've learned something, why don't you take your contribution one step further by sharing the episode to a friend? I remember in my own personal growth journey, I just loved when people would send me an episode that they thought was resourceful. So why don't you be that friend? Share the love, share the message, and send this episode to a friend. I thank you in advance. I'm so grateful that you're here. And now, if you'd like to, let's hop right into another episode of the Billboard Podcast.